Welcome back, listeners. It was a long, hot summer leading up to the events that took place on August 31st. Um, Dustin, what are you doing? Well, Shelley, I'm attempting to explain to the audience what happened on the 31st of August 2021. Oh, so you're using one of those American, what the Americans call an NPR voice. That's correct. It helps me bring gravitas to the seriousness of a true crime podcast. Now, where was I? The 31st of August. Yes. The day was August 31st, and all seemed normal. It wasn't until I arrived home from work later that evening that I discovered something. (gasps) Oh my gosh, what was it? Did you have a break-in? Was there a body? (laughs) No, silly. (laughs) I just turned on my Hulu account and saw that the first three episodes of Only Murders in the Building had dropped. Oh, I love that show. Me too. That's why we're going to be talking about it. Yay, I'm so excited. It's coming up next. Woohoo! (laughs) Woohoo! So much TV to be seen and you can't match status quo. Just sit back and relax, my friend, because we're going to watch a show. Dustin can watch. Welcome to Dustin Can Watch, a little show where I like to talk about the TV shows I'm currently watching and perhaps bring a friend along for the ride. In this episode, that friend is Shelly Toy of Tales of Point Horror Book Club. How are you doing today, Shelly? Hi, Dustin. I'm good, thank you. I'm here and I've got my gut milk and I've got my dip. And I've got my <laughs> merchandise for this brilliant podcast called Dustin oh, Can Read and Watch. <laughs> awesome. That is so great. And I'm glad you got dip because that dip is dip. an essential item for podcasts nowadays, apparently. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Shelly is a dear friend who has guested on my show several times. She, you, you provided your voice for the listener as well as hosting a Behind the Read at one point. Um, yeah. The latest one you did was the Babysitter's Club book, which is what, you know, the episode was oh, called Say Hello yeah. to Your Friend, Shelly. It was so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it really was. And I was glad we read that. It was called The Babysitter's The Summer Before, and it was kind of a prequel. And it was just, we did a whole recap. You need to go back and listen to it. It's great. And yeah. we just had a lot of fun. I made her a, a, a an honorary BSC fan. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, now I, a full-fledged I, fan. Honestly, I've got... I've been collecting the books ever since. So I've got, I reckon, about 10 of the books now. And um, I even got that this cool T-shirt off you that I'm wearing today. I know people oh, can't yeah. see it on the podcast, but I'm wearing it today. Can, <laughs> um, but you can't see it, audience. It's the Babysitter's Club, but it's based out of Haddonfield, Illinois, for Halloween. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a cute it. little mashup, mashup yeah. of a shirt. <laughs> It's my well, favorite thing. the latest thing I did with you in September was uh, I was your guest on Instagram for Tales of Point Horror Book Club um, yes. for basically back to back school focused stuff. Um, one was the book, which was Nightmare Hall, The Silent Screen by Diane Ho. Yeah. Point Horror. Great. Point Horror. And, brilliant. <laughs> yes. And it actually served as a murder mystery as well. If you think about it, it really yeah, was. It was so good. Yeah. It was actually a good one out of the bunch. <laughs> Yes, it was. And we also did our, um, the movie club, the Point Horror Book Club movie club, which was uh, Urban Legends. So yeah. another mystery, you know. Oh, such <laughs> a good sorts. film, though. Such a good film. 
It is. It really was. And, you know, I'm so glad we revisited it. And it was, you yeah. know, great for this you, time of year. Especially. You were so great as well. Like, thank you for, for joining me for those because it was uh, it was brilliant. I loved it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you had me. Was, you know, <laughs> Come back again soon. It basically prepped us for this show, if you think about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are a podcast talking about a TV show that's about podcasts. <laughs> True crime podcast, to be exact. It's called Only Murders in the Building, and it's on Hulu in the United States, and I think Disney Plus pretty much everywhere else, like in the UK. Um, it stars the funny team of Steve Martin and Martin Short, along with the surprisingly dark and funny Selena Gomez as part of their trio. Um, yeah. If you if you're anything like me, you are well aware that true crime creep. Let me say it again. If you're anything like me, you are well aware that true crime podcasts are a popular topic in the podcast community. People love them. You have major shows, podcast shows like My Favorite Murder and Dear John and Queen of the Con, all the way to indie shows like Scottish Murders Podcast, Wine Dine and Storytime, and Malice After Midnight. That's just a few. There's several others, guys. And so if I didn't many. name yours, yes. <laughs> if I didn't name yours, I'm very sorry. I follow a lot of you on social media. Too many to name them all. There's just so many of them. So true crime podcasts go from discussing cold cases and how crimes were committed, the culprit and the victims, and the police who solved the case. Sometimes the team that does the podcast even dive in to become the investigators themselves hoping to bring murderers to justice and resolve cold cases that may have been prematurely dismissed. So this show brings true crime podcasts together with classic television whodunit formula. And I love the over-dramatized approach that the characters will take in this. Perhaps yeah. because both um, the characters of Oliver and Charles were, you know, worked in the entertainment industry. So they're all about the drama, right? Yeah. Um, what have been some of your favorite shows like television shows mysteries or true crime podcasts in the past that you've loved um over here in the uk i don't know whether it would be available in the us but there used to be um a program called jonathan creek um it starred this comedian who's quite big over here called alan davis and it was very much like quite a quirky he was a magician um or a magician's assistant my memory might be wrong um <laughs> but he he then gets he's got this like clever brain that he can solve like these lock room mysteries and things so he's like an amateur detective um normally with a sidekick um and they they solve these like really really random mysteries um and i just loved it um I really wish they'd done some more. They did quite a few series and you went through quite a few sidekicks. But honestly, you should check it out if um, if you can find it available. It's uh, it's really, really good. <laughs> What's the name of it again? Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. Okay, mm. I'll have to look up and see if I can find that. You yeah. know, you have stuff like uh, Broadchurch, which was over there. It was kind of a yeah. true crime. Not really true crime, but you know, it's, it was a crime. It was a good murder mystery. And yeah. they remade it over here. The exact show. Yeah, well, even it was with called David something Tennant, different, wasn't it? Called Grace Point. Grace Point, yes. But it was the exact same show. They even brought David Tennant on, like yeah. as the same character. 
That's so bizarre. <laughs> what made me mad about that was that they used the same ending. Like it just well, you know, if you've <laughs> seen Broadchurch and you were watching Grace Point and you're like, well, I, the same thing happened. You know, I think and Grace did, Point cleaned it up a little though. It did just, David you know, was on... Tennant have to put on an American accent or did he just use his English accent on it? You know what? I really don't remember. I Not watched sure. Grace Point and I mm. can't remember if he did or not. Now I think he might have had an american accent but he's good at that so i mean yeah yeah um i don't know i don't i can't remember i need to i don't know if i need to (laughs) rewatch it now i might need to but they didn't come out with a second season of it here because it just didn't take off because people weren't aware i don't think they really advertised it very well so Mm -hmm. yeah you know that's what happens but broad church had like three or four series correct um three was it three series three series i think it was three yeah Yeah, three series i didn't watch any more of that i just knew about the first so yeah we we watched them all over here um obviously nothing would be ever as good as that first series um but they did keep it going it was good and the third series they did something slightly different um but it worked quite well i thought um but it had its day by the end of the third series (laughs) yeah you know sometimes they're like all right it's time to call it quits yeah and then i think as well i don't know if you've heard of um so charlene harris um who done the the true blood um sucky stackhouse novels she did um some books called the aurora tea garden books um and they made that it wasn't over here it was only in america but they made it into like a tv show and that's like about a librarian who becomes like this amateur sleuth because she's in this like um true crime club to do with the library and then they they have to investigate all of these um murders and things that was quite good the books were really good as i say i haven't seen the tv show but what um, was the name of the books again um, Aurora Tea Garden. I'm sure that's what Aurora Tea called. Garden. Okay, we'll see. Mm. I want to. I'm looking this up right now because I have not yeah. heard of the series that this is based on. Yeah. And I would love to know as much as I can about it because if it's over here, I'm uh, sure okay. it was. Yeah. It was a okay. It's it's Candace Cameron Bure, and yeah. Okay, they are the um, they're on Hallmark Channel here. Ah, okay. So that's what it is. It's it's it's, it's actually um, basically a series of movies mm. of mysteries. So they do it on Hallmark because they have Hallmark mer- uh, movies and mysteries channel. Yeah. So or mysteries and I don't know something like that. But yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Candace Cameron Bure, you know, from Full yeah. House. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, I've only read the the books, but the books are really really good. Um, like that cozy crime type of feel. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'll have to see if I can find the, the series because I've always wanted to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the things I grew up with, like uh, one thing I, I always go to when I go like true crime in my mind is Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if you had that over there. Yeah, um, I'm sure we did. I'm sure I've seen some in some form somewhere. <laughs> oh, it always scared like the bejesus out of me. Like Robert Stack, the old, he was an old actor. Mm-hmm. And he came out, he would come out in a trench coat out of a dark alley or something and just brilliantly creepy just in delivery and everything just hosting each segment and there was this one mystery in it that just it turned out to be incorrect after a while they had like it ended up being something else and you found out later Mm -hmm. but when i watched it it scared me to death and it was about these kids getting kidnapped yeah and there was like a little boy and he was kidnapped um and there was a girl who was running and she got kidnapped and the way you know they over 
to dramatize it and show this white van following both of them. Oh, <laughs> and, <gosh. you> know, <laughs> and then like this woman went to a grocery store and she parked next to a white van and she just kind of had an eerie feeling about it. And then she went inside, she made her purchase and she came out and the van was gone. But in its place was a Polaroid picture face down <gasps> on the, in the parking spot. So she picked it up and there was the two kids all tied up in the back in the picture no, that and would it freak just, me out How? <laughs> oh man it turned out not to be the same two kids but they looked similar but they yeah. weren't the same it was like one was a teenage girl and one was like a tween boy and it's just oh it turned out not to be the same because they found the remains of the boy in the place that he went missing and yeah. i don't and it just turned out not, not to be the same but still it was oh, like gosh. oh yeah you know, that traumatized me been? How old were you when you when you watched that? Oh, this was early '90s because it's you know oh, Unsolved Mysteries came out in the late '80s. They went through the early '90s for the main run, you know, and then they came back and kind of redid it again. But now they have yeah. the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, and that mm. does worldwide mysteries for the most part. It's a little yeah. different, but it's still good. Oh, um, check that out. Yeah, and another thing I'm starting to watch lately are the old school Perry Mason episodes. I don't know if you've oh, ever okay. seen Perry Mason. Yeah, Old black and white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, that. yeah. I mean, well, the only reason I've been watching it, my mother, because my mother, um, it, I'm her caretaker, and she's been watching it nonstop. So oh, I wow. see a lot of Perry Mason lately. And they're all very, you know, noir and black and white and just over dramatic damsels in distress. And, you know, they hold guns at their side, you know, <laughs> down here by their waist when they're, you know, holding up somebody and they're going to shoot even the, even the cops, you know, and you're like, wow, <laughs> they're not, oh, they're not prepared like proper, for that kickback at all. Proper old school there. Proper oh old yeah. School. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Mason. Ah, you know, the kind of, <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> sometimes yeah, so, though, the, old, the old ones are the best aren't they sometimes though they are you know and you go back and you're like you know and but the stories are great even if it is mm. dramatic they got some good mysteries you know they have some good like i did not pick up on that or i how, how did you think of that kind of stuff yeah. you know it's just like sherlock holmes you look back and you're like wow like it's something so obvious mm. and yet you, no one thought of it you know and that's what yeah. I love about mysteries, you know, and you're trying to figure it out or be one step ahead of the detective and hopefully you've got me solved before anybody else did. And, oh yeah, for sure. That's why I think you'd love Jonathan Creek because the mysteries are just so clever. And then when you get to the end and you're like, how did I not guess that? How did I not blown. see that? Yeah, it's really, really clever. Really it kind of sounds like a comedic it. version of a Sherlock type of thing. Yeah, he's um because obviously it's a, a comedian who's playing the role of, of Jonathan Creek and he, mm -hmm. he's he's funny. Um but yeah it's really really good. Really good. Awesome. So the true crime aspect is basically the setup for this series that is set at the quote fictional building of the Arconia. It's a high-rise apartment building in the Upper West Side of New York City. We meet residents Charles Hayden Savage, played by Steve Martin, Oliver Putnam, played by Martin Short, and Mabel Mora, a.k.a. Selena Gomez. All three get on an elevator to go to their respective apartments, and in walks a young businessman, Tim Kono, played by Julian Sihi. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. The trio witnesses Tim in a heated conversation with someone on the phone while holding a garbage bag. 
Then he exits the elevator and the other three eventually arrive at their own floors and go their separate ways. They may go to different apartments, but they are all pretty much doing the same thing. On this particular evening, their favorite true crime podcast drops a new episode. They are all listening to the fictional podcast, All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. Which is a pun <laughs> because okay is the abbreviation for Oklahoma. So. <laughs> oh, I never it's got hot. that. How did I yeah, not get that? <laughs> I would understand, you know, you're not in the United States. You're not used to that. So it makes now sense. Now I realize how funny that is. <laughs> <laughs> So this oh, not as, all is not okay in Oklahoma is hosted by this character named Cinda Canning, who's played by <laughs> Tina Fey. And, you know, all the details of this podcast are getting good. They're really into it. And they are just about to learn of a mysterious object inside the murder victim's mouth when the building's fire alarm goes off. <gasps> yes. As everyone bustles down the stairs to exit the building, Steve Martin's character Charles notices a guy in a tie-dyed hoodie going up the stairs suspiciously and makes him do a double take. Which, you know, you think, oh, that's that's somebody to watch. Residents all end up in a nearby overcrowded restaurant where Martin Short's Oliver worms his way into Charles's booth, waving over Selena Gomez's Mabel as she arrives, looking for a place to sit as well. They soon learn that they all listen to the same podcast, prompting Mabel to exclaim, What the fuck is in his mouth? (laughs) Thus bonding them, as true crime listeners sometimes do over the shows they love. Upon returning to the Arconia, everyone discovers that someone was shot and killed. The police are investigating what happened to young Tim Kono, and they have deemed it a suicide. Now, this doesn't sit well with our trio, as they just saw Tim mere minutes before his demise, and he did not seem suicidal in the least. They confront the detective on the scene, quote, Detective Williams, played fabulously by Divine Joy Randolph. She's awesome. So good. And let her know that things are not correct. They just don't seem right. However, she's over these, quote, fucking true crime podcast fans (laughs) and just dismisses them right away. Luckily for us, this doesn't sway our heroes. After Oliver suggests they start their own true crime podcast to investigate the mystery of Tim Kono's death, they soon discover more shady neighbors and conspiracies run prevalent in the Arconia. There's more to Tim Kono's death than meets the eye, and the three novice podcasters may be in over their heads. Dum dum dum. Can I just say how much I just, first of all, I want to talk about the opening credits for the show and yeah. just the music is perfectly comedic with this mystery element to it. You know, it just totally fits. It's, it's very, I don't know, spooky in a way, but playful, yeah. you know, it's, it is like almost it, you, it's really hard to describe, but you almost know that it's like a mystery just from the music. Mm-hmm. The music like if you didn't like ever, you just heard this in another room, somebody was watching, you're like, what mystery are you watching? And you yeah, know, you're like, yeah exactly. That? Like that feel, yeah. And then you've got Steve Martin as well, who who um, does the accordion playing sometimes as well, mm-hmm. um, which is some of the music, which I think, I well, believe it's, he actually It's kind really of an accordion. Plays. I don't know if it's an accordion or if it's, it's just it? similar to accordion because yeah. an accordion has like the, the like the uh, piano looking keys on it. And yeah. this doesn't. This just has like just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know what you would call that. 
If you know, yeah, listeners, sure. let me know yeah. in a comment somewhere. <laughs> but apparently Steve Martin can actually really play that. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. He's so very like, talented. <laughs> He's a very talented man. And uh, so the music is also, you know, the theme song is also layered with this animation that kind of looks paper-like in a way. And it goes through everybody's window, you know, all the apartments to introduce the characters. Like, here's Steve Martin. Here's Martin Short. They're all in their own separate apartments. You know, just showcasing the core characters while simultaneously giving us an idea of how vast the apartment building actually is. Because it's a big mm-hmm. place. It's beautiful uh, as well. It really Absolutely. is. It oh, has this, stunning. yeah, it has this courtyard. It's kind of mm-hmm. New Orleans-like because you have to kind of enter through an alleyway in a way. And like a fountain. gated alleyway. Yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. I, I want to live lovely. there. It's a nice place. <laughs> I'd me. love to live there. <laughs> I, I don't want to get murdered though. No, 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 no. No, I would, you know. Don't trust anybody in the Arconia. (laughs) So let's talk about like, you know, I gave you the setup and everything. And I want to talk about the characters first and mainly the core trio at first. Mm. So first of all, we have, uh, like I said, Charles Hayden Savage, who's played by Steve Martin. And he used to be on a TV show, which was actually a detective show called Brazos. (laughs) Back in the day. Yeah. And. He hates, he kind of both loves and hates being called Brazos. Like he hates being like acknowledged for it, you know, called out in the street and people are like, oh, Brazos. And he's like, yep, that's me. And, but at the same time, you know, he loves it because he's getting some kind of attention, you know? Yeah. And he, he loves quoting the lines as well, doesn't he, from the show? Yes. Yes. From his show. Like this sends the investigation into a whole new direction and, and things like that. And, Looks like our list of suspects just got a little bit longer. And apparently these are like lines from the show. <laughs> just like, why are you quoting laugh. the show? <laughs> they all know. They're, they know. Yeah. But the thing is, he, his, his actual person, like Charles, he kind of almost seems like he's content to be alone. Mm. Because, but he doesn't like put up a, that much of a fight to sway Oliver from starting the podcast, you know, because, <laughs> you know, he kind of wants to be in the spotlight too. So you can see that struggle within him. And, you know, you really start to see it in an episode where he starts like hallucinating Looney Tunes characters. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. In costume and just kind of showing up in the background when he's thinking about something or talking to someone. And it kind of reveals this traumatic backstory of why he is so cut off from others. Mm. And he starts to peel back that layer. And I don't want to get too far into that because I want the audience to, you know, figure that out themselves. But I really do love how he set up, you know, Steve Martin co-created this. Yeah. And um, I can't remember who he created it with. I wish I wrote it down. (laughs) I didn't write it down either. (laughs) I know that's so bad of me. I really should have. Um, (laughs) um, I know I have it right here. Hold on. Creator. Man, they didn't put that in very well. Oh, John Hoffman. Excuse oh, me. yeah. Steve Martin and John Hoffman. Okay. So, yeah, he co-created it with John Hoffman. And and it's just, you can tell, he's such a brilliant writer. I don't know if you've watched yeah. any of his movies that he's written or based off books and novels he's written. And he's done a lot of plays. He mm-hmm. did a tour with Martin Short. Um, oh, wow. I think they have a Netflix special as well. It's, you know... So good. He's just they're just so good together, especially. They really are. I think it's something like their six or something um time they've recorded together or something like that. Martin Short and 
Um, I think so. I'm not sure. I might be wrong on that. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You know, and he might even be more. We don't know. Yeah. But um, speaking of Martin Short, he plays Oliver Putnam, and he's basically a failed Broadway director producer who did this. His last thing he really did was Splash the musical. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Splash the movie. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Okay, yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom and they Hanks. keep talking about how they're going to make like a gender swapped you know, reboot of it. I'm like, I hope they mm-hmm. don't, you know. But yeah. um, he basically Splash the musical. So he, in one point, <laughs> he basically sets up. He's I want to have all these people doing this like kind of dance or whatever. And all these guys are going to be in like. Um, fins and they're going to dive into this pool that's on stage <laughs> and then apparently they didn't fill the pool <laughs> well it got stuck didn't it so the hydraulics to the pool didn't open that's right. <laughs> and so they just they didn't even look they just jumped down <laughs> and then bam like oh that was the end of his it's career the way basically. he describes it though when he's like they just went splat Splat. Like, it's just so like the way he describes it's just hilarious like, something so tragic and it makes it so funny oh i love martin short he's just I so love him. oh I love man him so much and you i know think who I, I was thinking about this today uh i would love to see martin short as chris Catan's father Ooh, they seem like yeah. they would kind of mesh well they mm-hmm. kind of have a similar look they're both like yeah. just goofy but they can be serious but then goofy at the same time it's just you know yeah <laughs> i think i honestly think his character in in this uh series is is my favorite character he's just brilliant it's just like he's, he he's the one with all the little quippy lines as well that he comes mm-hmm. out with and I think at one point someone comments on his age or something and he's like, um, I'm in my very early mid sixties. <laughs> very <laughs> early like, mid sixties. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so great. Oh. And like he has this like him and Charles like have this um he's always pulling Charles up on um the way he acts the the lines that he's written and then Charles thinks he's a bad writer and they they have this like thing going on it's just well, it Charles is will just say magic. something but ooh that's really good but do that better yeah it's just <laughs> like, so but great. I, what oh uh, man and, and he loves dips as well he loves dips for dinner and that's all he's lived off for like well for ages. you find out that he doesn't have any money because it's a failed you know he's you know so he basically just takes dips and hummus and anything he can get that he can dip so it's a big thing for his character so if you're gonna watch yeah. the show get yourself a good dip maybe some chips <laughs> yeah, or you know definitely. something to dip them in um it'd be great it'd be a good little atmosphere <laughs> yeah and I think as well when um I think it's in the the first episode um just to, to show what his character's like and the way that he kind of grates on on Charles a, a little bit um is when they're in the elevator and then um Oliver's trying to like say a story and then the elevator door opens and Charles goes this is your stuff like to, to kind of get him out and uh, Charles goes, even the elevator wanted the story to end. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, it's just brilliant. I just little one liners like that from, from Oliver does not know when to shut up. Yeah. It's just <laughs> that's just, the thing. Just so great. He's brilliant. Oh, <laughs> well, what rounds out this three is Mabel Mora, who it's Selena Gomez, and they meet her on the elevator. Yeah. And she um Originally, the character was supposed to be a retired older lady, 
And for some reason, I guess Selena Gomez got a hold of the script and said, I want to do this. And they had her read for it. And they're like, okay, she's perfect. We didn't realize her delivery was going to be so great. We're going to rewrite this character around her. So they made her younger, which is why I think they named her Mabel, because they make fun of her name being like an old lady's name. Yeah, they say it's like an old school, a great old school name, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's, I think that's what it was. She was originally named Mabel, and they just kept the name, and now they just make fun of it that she's too young for that name. <laughs> I, I honestly so. think they made a good choice there. I, I mean, oh, I've, never, I've never seen – I obviously know who Selena Gomez is, and I know her music, but I've never actually seen her acting in anything, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start with, I was a bit like, oh, that's a bit of an odd combination – but it works so well. She's brilliant. Oh, she does. She works perfectly. And see, I was yeah. I was a little apprehensive too because you know I know she had done like the Wizards of Waverly Place or something on yeah, Disney Channel. I've heard of that. Yeah. And then she produced um, uh, Thirteen Reasons Why on Netflix. Oh, okay. Which I kind of have issue. I never watched the show, but I know it's yeah. about. And I kind of just knowing from it and people who've read it and who've seen the book, mm. read the book and seen the show, it just gives me. I don't know. I have issues with it so i was like why are they glorifying some of the stuff and it kind of made me yeah. upset so i'm glad she did this so that it kind of mm. i don't know put her in a better light in my eyes i mean it's sad to say but you know i'm glad i got introduced her into a better way mm. um in the beginning you know mabel's definitely hiding something she's so quiet and very dry but you know she's hiding something and you find mm. out at the end of the first episode that she actually knew tim kono in the past and yeah yeah, she talks about how she used to stay in the building when she was a kid and she had a group of friends that she called her Hardy Boys. And yeah. then later on, you see a, a picture and it's her and her friends and Tim Kono is in that group and it says my Hardy Boys. And it's like, oh, yeah. so there's a little mystery like, is Mabel a part of this death? Is she somehow connected? And that's that's a great thing. I love they build up and you, you kind of create doubt within this trio of what's mm. going on, you know, even yeah. though the other two don't know that she knew them new tim so yeah. I, I really love i love how they set that up it's good intrigue at the beginning yeah it definitely gets you definitely gets you hooked um right from the start and as well just to mention her style the way whoever like styled her for this role was a genius because i just want to wear everything that she's wearing she wears a lot of yellow <laughs> yeah she has a lot so of great. yellow on but it's yeah. just so it pops, you know, she yeah. just makes it, it just, she's like a, the light in this whole group, you know, and it, yeah, I love yeah. all their styles, actually. I think they're all fit really well, but they're very, mm-hmm. they're, they're both. What's funny is that, you know, as far as like Charles and Oliver, they're retired men, obviously, and but they have a very youthful style about them. Both of them do. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of has that youthful, but also old school look about her as well. It's almost, like mm. I said, it's kind of noir-like, you know, in a way. Mm. They kind of mix the present-day style, you know, and you have this old building. And I really like it a lot. I think it – and I just yeah. love the show. I can't <laughs> and I, I love the way as well. She was like there – so she she was very into 90s stuff. She, she says that herself, which she, you know, she classes as like old-school stuff. But <laughs> I think there's like um, – various tv shows or pop stars that um charles um and oliver bring up and she's like what like she doesn't know so they're like educating her a little bit while she's educating them at the same time and it's just mm-hmm. just so brilliant i love them. i love that generation gap they try to close in yeah, a little bit they make a brilliant. great team of misfits oh so great so you said your favorite out of the three is martin short's oliver correct 
Yeah, it was. They're all great, but he just. It's just the one-liners that just get me. Mm-hmm. He made me laugh I, the most. I love him too. I love, like I said, yeah, you're exactly right. He's he's just always been hilarious in everything I've seen him in. And I think one of my favorite roles of his, which Narissa, if you're listening, <laughs> our friend Narissa, <laughs> she loves the Miss movie too. And it's called Get Over It. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the theater teacher. He plays the, the, yes. the teacher that writes his own version of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. <laughs> which he calls A Midsummer Night's Rockin' Eve. he has one of the best lines where like okay so basically in this movie he's just kind of a uh, he thinks himself bigger than he is and he really you know like i said he writes his own play and everything and kirsten dunst auditions and she gets a lead Mm -hmm. role and he says oh that's a lead role me thinks thou best not botch it and (laughs) he says let me tell you something that the wonderful bobby de niro told me once well not to me i read it in an article he says that just because God blesses you, that doesn't mean another. there's not another sneeze coming. <laughs> Which is funny, but also true, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, he's so great. So I just great. like, so if you have ever, you know, if you need to find this movie, I think it's from 2000, actually, or 2001, something mm. like that. It's called Get Over It. It's got uh, uh, Martin Short, Kirsten Dunst, Ben Foster, Colin Hanks, Mila Kunis, Cisco, um, just so many people are in this movie. Uh, Shane West is also in it, and it's it's a fun like musical, just farce. It's 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 just fun. It's it came out in the time a whole bunch of high school movies were coming out, and I think it got lost for a lot of people that didn't get see it. So um, yeah, check it out if you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's so good, so good. So moving on. Um, I don't want to talk too in depth about these episodes because, you know, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it. But what would you say was the most interesting episode so far for you? Oh, that's a tough one because they're all so good and so different. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, the most interesting for me, I think, was episode seven. Now, that's a lot. I know that sounds a bit way out. But is that the boy from 6B? Boy from 6B. Oh, I've got goosebumps just even. That was a brilliantly it. written. It's so, so it's not a spoiler to say it's um, basically it's from a deaf, a deaf person's point of view. Um, yes. Who the actor is actually deaf in, in real life as well. And mm-hmm. so non, the whole episode is done using sign language and there's no actual acting voices in in the episode and Mm -hmm. like just talking about it just makes me feel a bit emotional because it was just so powerful the whole episode is just brilliant really made you pay attention too yeah it really it just captivated you 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 could not take your eyes off the screen and the the music um, stood out. The acting was brilliant, um, and obviously there was the sounds around them. And oh, it was just—it was just honestly, it needs to win an award that episode because it just. Got I me. agree. I agree mm. so much. Like they yeah. did so well, and the, the characters do talk. You just don't hear them, and you or you kind of hear yeah. a, a very faint muffle. Like so I don't muscle. know if he's completely one hundred percent deaf, but we hear a little bit of a, a hum and a little bit of a muffled really faint sound when people are talking or doing something loud 
And when they're talking, the character, he's reading their lips. So you see subtitles of what they're saying. And then there's, I think we get one line at the very end that we actually Mm. audibly hear somebody say, but I don't want to give that away, obviously. But um, a lot of information comes out of that episode. Yeah. And it's just so, I know, I I can't, it's almost like. It makes me feel really emotional talking about it because it is just. It was just beautiful. That's, that's the only way, even though obviously the subject matter. It was matter. a good way to put you in somebody else's shoes at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you know? just brilliant. And then I I watched that episode and then the episode um, eight straight after. And it was so weird watching the episode eight straight after when they're actually like acting and talking again because it just was like, mm-hmm. oh, because it was that powerful just having – seeing the different point of view and the, the silence it was amazing amazing it's a big, episode. like dramatic juxtaposition of what you know mm-hmm. of what you just watched and all of a sudden yeah. sound <laughs> yeah and i have to say in that episode as well um there's i won't say which characters but the, the sexy scrabble game which oh, just yes. like so you've got to bear in mind there's no talking and the sign language and like just the use of like facial expression or eyes and two characters play this game of scrabble and they're like spelling out (laughs) sexy words to each other (laughs) it was just brilliant we were howling at that that was so we were like oh my god oh they went there oh (laughs) they went it's like are they gonna go there are they gonna go there yes they did (laughs) oh they did and it's yes i love yes i i totally i get that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um what's one of your favorite scenes of the show so far is that your favorite one or is there another one I think, oh, favourite scene, favourite scene. I actually think I loved, um, I think it, what episode was it? I think it was episode five, um, where they they go out of the the actual hotel setting and they're in the car car journey. So they're in, like, separate car journeys. Um, But then Charles and... um, uh, Charles and Oliver, I keep going to call him Martin, <laughs> Charles and <laughs> Oliver are in this car and um, I think to start with before they get the car which is called Aphrodite and it's like a yellow run down old car mm-hmm. <laughs> so before they get in the car I think um, Charles is pursuing um, whoever it might be on, on foot and he stops to get a pretzel <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver's like, "Oh, tell the uh, pretzel man that I have my usual <laughs> stuff." <laughs> and um, and then obviously they get in the car, and it's just the exchanges that they have with yes. um, like Oliver in the back, and then obviously Charles driving, um, and Oliver's looking at these articles on the iPad, and there's some mention about. Um, uh, when Charles got fat or something, so Oliver like Google's him and this picture comes up. <laughs> and then them singing together in the car, oh, and that's the part oh, I'm thinking of. That's my yeah. favorite part of that whole scene is when they're, they're they. I don't even know. The thing is, you watch that scene in which I think I'm going to share this on Instagram when the episode comes out because they actually had that scene on Instagram. But yeah. they start talking about like, oh, I haven't been out of um, you know, because. Charles says something like, I haven't been out of, you know, Manhattan in so long. And the first place I go is Long Island because they're trailing, you know, who they're trailing. And they just start saying, you know, I once did this in Long Island and this happened to me and, you know, you know, this place. And then they just kind of do this exchange. And then all of a sudden, one of them says, and I had saggy balls. 
in uh in sag island or something like that and then all of a sudden they start i don't know if it's improv or i, I didn't look this was. up but I think it was. I don't know if it's in this universe, this is an actual song, or if they make it up as characters are making it up because they start singing old saggy bottom balls and <laughs> and, <laughs> and Charles going bump 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 bump. Oh, she gave it sad, but she had a way with names, you know, and <laughs> called me old saggy bottom balls. Oh my god. But the thing that is, was... while they're singing it, so they're going like bum 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 bum, old saggy but oh turn left. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like just the comedy and the timing is just perfect. It's oh brilliant. man, I just love their I love their their the way they bounce off of each other. It's perfect. Yeah. I want to see more of that. I, I can't yeah. wait. And I'm so glad that um it has definitely been picked up for a second season or series. For oh, you guys. has it? And, oh, brilliant. Oh yes, yes. So that. it's definitely been picked up, and they're going to start filming it in November, apparently. So Ooh. um that's what. Uh, TMZ found uh, Martin Short at the airport and they said, Hey, how's, you know, how's uh, only murders in the building. We're going to see a second season. He's like, Oh yeah, we're going to start filming in November. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Well, if you factor in breaks for the holidays and whatnot, we probably, mm-hmm. they'll probably be finished by late January, early February. So we might not see it until like March or April, but that's fine with me. I am totally yeah. all about that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Did, um, did you have a, a favorite scene other than the ones we've discussed? Oh, that was it. Else? You, that you was it. Like the same. It. I was like, oh, that's what I <laughs> have written same. down. Thank you, bottom balls. <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant. The, there was another scene as well. I just have to mention it's, it's right uh-huh. at the very beginning in like episode one um where they they're like just getting into like thinking about this podcast and thinking about the murder um and they almost give up kind of thing and then all of a sudden Mabel like has a thought um so she goes to the elevator and then Charles has had exactly the same thought uh, they get in the elevator to go and get Oliver <laughs> and then they ping on on Oliver's floor Oliver's there and he's like oh we all had the same thoughts and Charles and Mabel say the garbage bag which is like something that Tim Kono is holding and Oliver goes oh different thought <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> It's just genius. It's just so, just genius. I just love it. It's so subtle and it's like little quips, you know, it's very subtle, but you got to pay attention. You start to learn these characters and they're, and they're, you know, little quirks and whatnot. And it just works. It works so well. The first yeah. episode, I will say, it drags a little bit because you're trying to learn this universe and what's going and the on. Characters, and characters, yeah. And, and it's only a half hour show. And mm. that first episode felt a little long at first, but you keep with it and it just, it. oh my gosh, it just moves so much quicker in each episode. It just keeps pick, picking up pace. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who, um, which suspects have piqued your interest throughout the show for the most part? You don't have to like give away anything, but you know. <laughs> Ooh, suspects. Oh, because there's so many. Because there's like the cat guy. Um, Howard Morris. That's his name. Howard, that was it. Crazy oh, cat that, man. That whole scene when they go into his apartment. Um, oh, God. Oh, yes. And the cat hair is everywhere. <laughs> and then he like faints. <laughs> well, no, oh, the fact that they found the frozen cat in the, the frozen cat. Oh, dear. Oh, God. So, basically, the... the his cat has been poisoned somehow um, and died. And um, when they they have like a lobby meeting and it, it turn, he tells everyone about the cat and everyone's more bothered about the cat than actually Tim Kona <laughs> dying. <Yeah. laughs> but then, yeah, the cat he puts in the freezer <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
And then Charles goes to the freezer and he, he pulls the cat's leg off. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. You're like, it's the weirdest thing, but it's so funny the way he does it. Oh, it's so funny. And then and you think, on, like, as the show goes on, they forgot, you know, we're forgetting about this cat. Like, no, we didn't forget about that cat leg. I don't want to bring up how it comes up again, but it, it's brought up again. It's awesome. Oh, it is brought up again, but it's also brought up, I think, when they're making, like, their suspect board or whatever, they've actually got a picture of the cat, and they've put, like, little crosses over his eyes, <laughs> and then Charles put like, puts, like, a cross over his leg. <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh, dear. It's brilliant. Well, you also have uh, Tie-Dye Guy, which we didn't know tie-dye anything about guy. for the longest time. We found yeah. out. Um, you also have, um, one of the, the famous residents of the building, Sting. <laughs> that was the so random. Don't stand so, so random. close to Sting. <laughs> yeah. He was like, uh, can you get that, that dog away from me? I don't want that close to me. I was like, don't stand oh, so close Minnie. to me. And you know, he's, he doesn't like dogs and he, he starts, they say something like, maybe he did it. Maybe he, cause they found out like Tim Kono had a connection to him at some point. Oh. Um, Oh my goodness. There's so many people and you meet so, so many, many different people. characters in this show, even just little mm. quick characters that come up. Um, you got, got, you know, but, Oh, go sorry. Ahead. You've got bunny who collects all the building fees as well. Like she's mm-hmm. very suspicious. Cause like she, she uses a, a, apparently uses a friendly tone, which is really not friendly. She's like, pay or else. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's horrible. She's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, you also have like some other characters that come up. You have like Jan, the bassoonist, mm. who Charles starts to kind of, you know, like a little bit. She lives across the way and he hears her playing all the time. And yeah. they kind of make these really weird, I don't know, this, they had this back and forth that's a little strange and a little off-putting, you know, because he's being very awkward about it when he first meets her. And, yeah. Uh, she wears about that her... t-shirt, doesn't she? Yes. That t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> something about a sexy bassoonist. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, at one point she's playing and he plays his semi, whatever the heck that is, accordion thingy. We don't know what it is, but he plays yeah. that. Kind of, they compete almost across it's the like way from each other. It's like a sexual tension across the uh, the apartment. <laughs> yes, it's the really, their little, their little relationship is the weirdest, <laughs> you know, like... It, <laughs> this back and forth that's just very yeah i don't know yeah. how to describe it i don't know sometimes i'm like oh that's cute and other times i'm like i'm uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> oh it's when they go on that dinner date together as well and mm. like oh that is just awkward <laughs> and oh, then like before horrible. that i think oliver and mabel try and teach charles how to flirt a little bit <laughs> Oh, it's horrible too. Yeah, yeah. It is very um but it's written that way. It's meant to be that way, isn't it? But it's no, just yeah, of course. um but oh, it's just yeah, it's a bit cringe. <laughs> you also meet um their shady podcast producer because Oliver mm. gets this guy, Teddy Demas, to be their producer, and he's apparently worked with him before. He's also, you know, produced other things like some shows for him, and that's played by he's played by Nathan Lane. Um mm. He's, he, you know, Nathan Lane's always great. And sometimes, yeah, you know, brilliant. you think of Nathan Lane as being always like an upbeat type character. I always think of the birdcage as the first place and I go with I Nathan Lane. I think of um, Modern Family because he was in Modern Family. Um, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. And he's he plays like this really um, upbeat person in there. So I always, that's how I always imagine him to be anyway. <laughs> so he plays this like kind of creepy guy, you know, in this. And you're like, mm. oh, what's going on with him? You know, and. 
Um, of course you find out, you know, um, I don't want to give too much away again. Uh, again, you also meet, uh, Cinda, Ch- Cinda Canning, who's again, Tina Fey, who has her own podcast. Um, they go to her for advice on how to do their show and she mm-hmm. helps them out and gives them kind of a, a I want to say a backhanded shout out on the tonight show yeah so it, it's she, like a sarcastic shout out but it actually works <laughs> yeah it gains them all these fans all of a yeah. sudden and some More of them even the camp outside the building <laughs> yeah. yes well, but i think the um the podcast that uh she um hosts in in the show um the oklahoma is like meant to be loosely based on did you ever listen to serial the podcast serial no i haven't yeah um it's meant to be loosely based on on that um it's been years since i listened to it um it's really really good so it's like one story that unfolds over like a a podcast and or over a whole whole series season Mm -hmm. or series um, and it follows like the plot and characters and like twists and turns. So a bit like how Tina Fey's character is doing her podcast, um, right? Which is just it's just great. I just thought it was a good tie-in. I thought, ah, that's good. <laughs> it definitely is. You know, and the, one of the best characters came up toward like the end so far. One of the last episodes. Which, by the way, as we're recording this, the last episode has not played. So we don't know how no. this ends or who the <laughs> culprit really is. There's a lot of red herrings in this show. Yeah, <laughs> um, It could be anybody at this point. And another person that comes up is um, Charles's ex stunt double. Oh, yeah. <laughs> her name is Jane, Saz Jane Lynch Pataki. plays her. Is that yes. right? And it, he has a female stunt double and it's Jane Lynch. <laughs> And just everything they, I don't want to give too much away again, but there's just, she is not a likable character, but she is at the same time because it's Jane Lynch. And um, they just, just the stuff that they do. And it, and they kind of like, at some points they end up doing the same, they mirror each other in their actions yeah. or their movements. And you just, oh my God. And you're like, how is this it's playing like- out? perfectly in sync like perfectly like wonder how many takes it took to to get it like spot on it's brilliant i know i know <laughs> i want to know how i want to i want to see more of her i really do yeah. i want to see more zaz um well, it, i hope she's in the second series now now we know i hope so too series. yeah they're well, bringing on some great characters that i want to see more of you know we don't know who the the murderer is yet so <laughs> And the whole thing is like there was a murder back in the day, back in mm-hmm. when Selena Gomez was a character, was a kid, and so there, there you know, there's tie-ins to that murder as well, and that's where the intrigue comes in. Like, does this the same murderer? Does this have to do with that murder? Is yeah. this you know you, you don't know, and and you start finding out who did what and and who was involved this way and what way, and you still it still creates more questions, which I love. I love it yeah. so much because it makes me want to keep watching. Yeah, and I sure. I love that it's not been released all at once. That it gives you a week in between episodes. Like you know, they like I said, they released the first three all at once. Over yeah. there for you was the first two. First but, two, um, yeah. They have it's been a weekly release, so it gives you that okay, what's happening? It gives you time to discuss with other people to you mm-hmm. know, just like a true crime podcast would. Yeah, and 
that's also another thing that the title cards for each episode it's a true crime <gasps> oh, podcast yeah. yeah yeah it's showing you the play button and the the fast forward and the rewind and you know double time all that and it says who killed tim kono or and that, you know i think the timings as well so you know when so when it brings up the episode name and it's got like it's three minutes in um, on the the podcast, that's mm-hmm. actually does relate to how long you've watched it before that title card as yes. well. Apparently, it's so it matches genius. exactly. So if you've been watching, because it gives you a little scene, then it goes to the opening credits, and then it says the title of the episode. Yeah. So if you've been watching the opening scene and the credits, then all of a sudden you get to the title of the episode. If it says if you're three minutes into the episode at that point, it says three minutes starting at that point. And it's that's I think that's really neat how it's they clever. plan that out. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. It oh. really is an homage to podcasts in general, you know, and just how far they've become so prevalent in our society. Um to where, you know, fans of especially a true crime, because that, that is such a like I said, a such a big um I guess you want to say industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is. It's really big. And even if you're not a big true crime fan, if you like comedy, this is perfect for that because it's not mm. dark. And there's some dark moments, don't get me wrong, but it's got that good comedic mystery element balance, you know, it's a and it just makes it, it really, it really is. is. And it doesn't mix. take too much of your time. It's only like a half no. hour each episode, you know, it's perfect, you know, and it's everything brilliant. moves so quickly and, it's only 10 episodes. It's like a five hour binge if you want to do it that way, which I would recommend splitting it up and talking about it with friends because it's yeah. it's much more fun to watch these types of things when you're like, who do you think did it? And oh, did you watch that part? You know, you don't want to lose that. And that's what There's I love. So about the many times as well, because um, obviously you knew I was watching it and I knew you was watching it, but I knew we were going to record this. So I didn't want to be like, oh, da, 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 and talk to you too much, like in the, the messages about it so that we could talk about it today. There's so <laughs> many times I wanted to message you saying, Dustin, oh, this has happened. <laughs> you, I know you guys are officially a week behind us. Yes. So you won't get. You know, coming up this week is the final episode. So next, this coming up this week for you would be the next to last, the penul- yeah. penultimate, as it would, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you What did you think about the fans the the fans episode? The fans that like sit themselves outside of the um, hotel um, hotel outside of the apartment, um, and they're like fans of the show. And there's like these four like super fans. <laughs> Yes. And they go, they both love, they love, hate it at the same time. Yeah. You know, they talk trash about them. Like they should be doing this. And like, well, then you're, are you really a fan? Oh, I live and die for the show. You know? <laughs> okay. I love the fact that they included Allie Stroker. Allie Stroker was on the Glee project. And then she yes. got a little small part on Glee for an episode mm-hmm. or two. And um, she is a, a, a wheelchair bound actress um, she actually won a Tony for starring in Oklahoma in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. I know. They reworked this character and all this stuff around her wheelchair and made it work. And it just turned out brilliantly. And so she is a very well-respected Tony Award-winning Broadway actress now. So I love that they worked her in because obviously she's New York-based. So it's she's there. <laughs> yeah. But um, they made her a part of this. And I just love that. I love the fact they did that. Now, I, you know, I don't know all the other characters or all the other actors that are in that part, but I know about her because I've mm. her from Glee. I'm a big Gleek from the past. So yeah, me um, too. I thought I, I recognized love that her, but I couldn't put my finger on how I recognized her. But I, it must I, know her. Glee. I was like, yeah, I she had a brief her. romance with Artie on Glee. 
like real yes, quick like in the wedding course. episode i think yeah oh, i remember now oh, lovely <laughs> oh i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i did too and hey that's another part you know jane lynch was also from glee so you know, yeah makes, makes sense yeah. But yeah, I love that fan fiction case because they brought them into the episode basically yeah. to like help them like act out parts of just so they can reenact things and see, okay, well, maybe this person did this and they did that, you know, and and they were getting ready to put out their last episode. And and I thought that was really neat. And they all had input like, I don't think that would happen or does that make <laughs> sense? And why would they do this? You know, and um, I don't want to, I keep wanting to not spoil it. I love yeah. it um, so much. So yeah. if you have watched this show, please feel free to reach out to either one of us, either oh, yes, me or Shelly. <laughs> we would love to chat about it. It's, yeah. it's great. So and great. it's so much fun to watch. Um, and I cannot wait for the finale. I, I'm not going to spoil it for you, Shelly, because I know I'm a week ahead yeah. of you. So I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> I'll message you I will after, just, after. I'll I've just be like, it. oh my God, that's probably all I'll say. You have got to watch this. <laughs> oh, come and I'm hoping fight. it's not like, I hope that they solve this mystery and maybe they have a cliffhanger for an upcoming mystery kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be the same story going forward, but if it is, I hope they do it right. You know, I, I don't want yeah. them to, I hate when season, when shows lose steam in their second season or second series or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, you get so disappointed. You're like, Oh, but it was so good the first time around, you know? And, and <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do with the second series. Um, so obviously, would it be another murder in the building, or are they going to expand expand the universe <laughs> kind of thing? That is one question I have, because at one point, after they meet Tina Fey's character, it does mm. like a time jump forward like five or six oh, months later. Yes. And she says, she's basically hosting, and now coming up next is only murderers in the building. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what's that? The show's called Only Murders in the Building. Because that's the yeah. name of their podcast. And so now she calls it only murderers in the building. So it makes me in, like, oh, it, was it two people? Was it, mm. oh, what is this about? So I'm very interested in how it leads to that. I forgot about that. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. I think that just came up. A, it says a couple of months later, doesn't it? I'm yeah. sure it says that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I am too. I can't wait. how it ends. Once we see how it ends, maybe we might have a bit of an idea. But hmm. excited. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much for joining me, Shelley. Oh, um, thank you for having me. I've had so much fun like chatting and fangirling about this show, which is just so great. Um, I loved it. That's great. I'm I'm glad you like it. I'm glad I like it. I'm glad we I'm glad we like it together. Yeah. And, and we virtually liked our favorite points were virtually the same scenes or like, the same episode. You know, when they get on that excursion, I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna say the same thing I said. <laughs> That's so weird that we like thought of the same the we're same in scenes. Sync. We're, we're in, in sync. sync. Yeah. Or oh, we've got the same sense of humor, definitely. Oh, we definitely do. Oh yeah, definitely. Um so why don't you tell the audience where you can uh where they can find find you in tales of point horror book club yeah so i'm on twitter and instagram on my main account which is at shelly toy or if you like all things old school 90s point horror it's at tales point horror book club on instagram good 
Awesome. And you're also, there's also a Twitter, which is tails at PHBC, correct? Yeah. I kind of just use that for updates um, more than anything. Uh, Cause I wanted to kind of get the name. Um, on well, just in case the audience member is not on Instagram, they can get you there. <laughs> they can get me there. Yeah. Or on, on my website as well, which is tales of um, tales of yesterday.co.uk. Yeah. So many, so many different platforms. <laughs> hey, you got to find a way to find, get people to find you somewhere, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and if you want to talk to me, I am at Dustin can read on Instagram and I'm at Dustin underscore Holden on Twitter. And you can reach me via email at Dustin can read pod at gmail.com. And I would love for you to rate and review me on Apple podcasts or Podchaser or um, anywhere you listen. I would, I would love it. I'd be so great. And, you know, if you want to donate to me at buymeacoffee.com slash Dustin can read, that'd be great. Leave me a little tip. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone should it's check Dustin out. Dustin's great. Check Dustin out. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you again for coming. And, you know, let's see how this mystery ends. Thank you. Dustin can watch. I just think I like doing the opening script thing for the Dustin can watch stuff, you know, kind of making it. Oh, weird. I love it. They're so good. I love them. <laughs> <laughs>